Hey everybody, welcome to episode 23 of The Real Presidents of Washington, D.C. I'm Ray. And I'm Sebastian. Sebastian, how are you? I'm good, Ray. Um, I wish we were able to do the podcast more frequently, but as I said last time, life is complicated and busy, so we'll just keep on plugging away as best we can every couple weeks. Absolutely. We are not going to let up on our mission to inform uh, the podcasting community about the vague resemblance of the events of the Trump administration with reality television, which I have to say is a trope that is so played. Not only it's so played out that it being played out is played out. (laughs) Yeah. I saw somebody, an article like survivor white house edition the other day. It's like, come on. (laughs) And we were the idiots who actually, (laughs) Start a podcast all around the concept. Like, we're tied to it now. There's, That's, yes. It's, no escape. We're, we're chained to it like a, a pirate's treasure chest um, that for some reason has been chained <laughs> to, to <something>. somebody <laughs> and thrown into the water. It's a devious plot. That's what we have. What's so. been going on <clears throat> in in the world of news over the last couple land. weeks? Well, I mean, most recently, I think obviously the um, uh, the Dream Act and the, mm-hmm. the DACA, uh, the Dreamer Kids. Um, you know, this is there's an interesting pattern that's emerging with Trump. I don't know if it will persist, but um, he has now twice unexpectedly made deals with mm-hmm. with senior Democrats, Schumer and Pelosi in particular, um, right in front of senior Republicans without Effectively teabagging. Teabagging Republicans, yeah. It's a new feature in the real presence of D.C. Yeah. show. It's the, let's teabag the senior Republicans. I moved it to premium cable. <laughs> yeah. It's not TV, it's HBO. <laughs> That's right. Um Ooh, HBO hasn't done a reality TV show, have they? Uh, they have not. Wow. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I get right on that. Um, do they take spec trips? Uh, so yeah, initially um, Trump has had said had tweeted I think that the DACA people have to go. Sessions was trotted out the next morning, grinning ear to ear like an evil fucking reanimated elf mm-hmm. um, who delights in the, causing the suffering of others. Um, Unlike Keebler, I also just make cookies and goodness, uh, and said that it was going to be um, uh, whatever rescinded. Rescinded, I think. Um, it's an executive order, I believe. So I'm not sure what the mm-hmm. exact term- terminology is, but whatever. Ended. Reordered, executively. Yes. Inverted. Executively executed. Yes. <laughs> um, and so basically, uh, you know, it was going to be uh, rescinded, and all all eight hundred thousand, like roughly twenty six year old. Uh, dreamers were going to be deported to countries that in many cases they've never even seen mm. let alone lived in or speak the language or yeah. whatever I mean it's, it's absurd it's cruel and absurd um, and then there was a huge backlash in the media even among Republicans um, and Trump said oh don't worry uh, nothing's going to happen for six months there'll be no action and then he said Congress better act in six months or I'll revisit this, meaning, I mean, sort of implying that he was looking for passing the DREAM Act, which mm-hmm. is what DACA was actually done right. in lieu of because the Republicans were blocking, blocking the yes. DREAM Act in the four times it's been brought to the House. Um, and then 
<laughs> he had Chinese food with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi last night, and uh, they tweeted afterwards that they made a deal for increased border spending, mm. not a wall, um, in exchange for uh, passing the DREAM Act. Um, and there's been a flurry since then. <laughs> Trump came out and said, there's no deal, there's no deal. And then he said, uh, it's not amnesty. I just want to see a path towards legal status, mm. which is amnesty. Mm. And uh, uh, the wall's not off the table. We're just going to do it later, which is exactly. I mean, like he, he said there was no deal, and then he laid out the terms exactly of the deal. Pre- pre- prepare your head for additional spinning yep. because this morning Trump tweeted, the wall is currently under construction. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> in the form, in the form of repairs and updates to existing fencing. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, in the in the election, I speculated as as many others did that Trump was perhaps uh, a, a, maybe a Stealth Democrat in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and indeed, I mean, he's come on. He's from New York. Um, Donated yeah. to many Democratic politicians. Right. Was a friend of the Clintons. There's Definitely sees control of of, yeah. of the Republican Party and has been, you know, ruthlessly teabagging them since the primaries. <laughs> It's such a disturbing image. It, indeed, it is. I saw the. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but I saw the the naked Trump statue in, mm. uh, in Harvey Milk Square. Oh gosh, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, well, it's gone now. It's only oh. there temporarily. But, but seared five, into your retina oh, for just yeah. burnt into my head, and now I'm imagining that <laughs> tiny flaccid penis <laughs> drooped over Mitch McConnell's forehead. <laughs> it's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna have to put it in. Yes, it's too bad the Leonardo podcast. da Vinci. Uh, we are, we already have one. Too bad Leonardo da Vinci isn't alive today to, <laughs> to render that <laughs> beautiful scene. <laughs> okay, so Trump, you know, he's he's got these democratic uh, tendencies, but you know, still he's a xenophobic um, individual who, um, you know, really does seem to want that wall like he really seems to want to build this this wall um yet he said he loves the dreamers yeah and he so he made this move to seemingly to try to force the hand of the republicans but also then he's like well if you don't do it then i'm going to totally walk it back so yeah uh okay he's doing the deal with the democrats the Republicans can't be happy about that. Um, the the Democrats, uh, you know, like they're probably not gleeful about doing this deal with Trump. Well, but better than the alternative, I guess they're just, yeah. you know, there's no strategy involved in it for them. They're for just going to the Democrats for the Democrats. They're just, well, uh, oh mean, yeah, we're going to do this. And right. I mean, the strategy is they would like to. Uh, to protect the lives and livelihoods of the 800,000 Dreamer kids and pass into law the Dream Act or something like it. I mean, it, it's, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, Trump is is aligning with the Democrats' uh, policy goals. So, like, okay, that's a gimme. Like, I don't care why. Mm. You know, he also wore uh, a 
I think blue suit jacket with a black pair oh. of suit pants yesterday. I don't wow! Know. <laughs> like he doesn't have a lot of. Do, of do you think this reason to his actions these days? Yeah. Do you think Even this less um, than normal. normalizes Trump? This deal normalizes Trump? Well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm sick of those. The, the media narratives of like, you know, uh, starting way back when with the, the press, the infamous press conference today, mm-hmm. Trump became presidential yes. or oh, yes. now he's pivoting or like he's not doing anything of the sort. He's a random actor in, in a he's, very he is not changing it up, yes, you know, control room. And he's sort of bumping up against mm-hmm. buttons and shit like, you know, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. He's motivated by uh, vanity, greed fear um and uh uh what do you what do you call the um desire for vengeance mm. he, he loves getting back at people yes so a lot of this is actually just stabbing back at ryan and and mcconnell for the what he perceives as their failure to make him look good i mean actually Priebus is is in this boat as well he complained that Priebus convinced him that they had to do health care first he wanted to do tax reform first um the the you know the political uh, veterans on in DC would tell you that uh, for a variety of reasons uh, you'd have to do the health care bill before. it was the only opportunity to do it first and then you could address tax reform. Trump was complaining that you know tax reform would be much more popular, easier to pass, and he wanted to do that first. And so like he sort of sees this as like McConnell was wrong, Priebus was wrong, Ryan was wrong. Also, what have they been doing for this last eight years here that they've been saying, we've got a replacement for Obamacare bullshit. No, mm-hmm. they had nothing. Right. Like, you know, so he's like, fuck you guys. I'm Guess what? I can do deals with them too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's it. That's the, <laughs> that's the sum total. He's not thinking, and then after this dust settles from this, I can make this other Machiavellian move. Like, he doesn't think past. You right. Know, I mean, apparently he changed his mind about which suit to wear while he was getting dressed. It's, it's totally uh, <laughs> on the fly. But that really mystified. I, I hate to come, keep coming back to this. He was meeting, I don't know, head of state of Malaysia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there's a press pool photo of him like, perched like a, like a mini Jabba the Hutt on the edge of his chair. Sort of like mm-hmm. doughy-like. Right. And, um, and it's clearly two different suits that he's wearing. And, like, doesn't he have, like, a valet or somebody who's, like, he's got somebody who's, like, in charge of his wardrobe uh-huh. and what he's wearing. Has he dismissed that person because they didn't like him scotch-taping his ties together right. or something? Like, I, 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 it's mind-boggling. It looks, I mean, something like that, if your great-uncle or uh, somebody else's relative came to a dinner party or whatever wearing mismatched suit top and bottom you go like are they okay like it's it's such a clear indicator of like mental decline i don't know i have i have three comments yes one it's too bad that um president trump isn't a member of amazon prime he could use the great amazon prime look feature of the app to get instant feedback on the quality of his outfit (laughs) number two how do you know he's not purposefully rocking this because like Oh, uh, you know, Maverick. Uh, like, think of Jacqueline Onassis. Sometimes Creating these first life. family can be uh, fashion Trendsetters. icons. Sure. Absolutely. Maybe he's taking it in another direction. And three, I disagree with your assessment of the Keebler elves as being nice and trustworthy. 
they're terrifying, and I don't want them handling my food. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just mean they come across. I I've never seen a Keebler elf try to deport an immigrant or sort of. Uh, well, you're not paying attention. Okay. All right. Were there some in the Charlottesville rallies? Yeah, they were hard to see because they're very short. They are tiny. So Trump, basically, you're characterizing him as this force of nature who he's just been loosed upon Washington, D.C. And, you know, these two groups are just going to kind of try to, you know, curry his favor and then exploit the power that they have by having him on wear their half of the suit. Right. (laughs) Oh, good one. Good metaphor. Does that make the Democrats any better than the Republicans? Because, I mean, we've been pretty consistent that, you know, the Republicans like, oh, uh, hey, guys, like, uh, uh, I'm totally 100 percent not joking about this. I think he gets paid by Putin. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, tell agree. anybody about that. Right. <laughs> like they know, but they see him as a, a, well, a tool, I mean, a tool to use. And sure, do the Democrats, I mean, the Democrats see him also, that way as well? The Democrats have also, uh, you know, entered, I think it was Maxine Waters entered a, a, a motion to uh, for impeachment articles. Like, I mean, we're also actively uh, on the left attempting to remove him from office. But I mean, like he's in office now. So you got to deal with him as best you can deal with him. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, if it comes down to, I mean, do you? Because uh, the Republicans shut everything that Obama wanted to do down. Sure, but he's. I mean, so the the rescinding DACA and sending eight hundred thousand, six hundred thousand kids home, um, that's he's going to do by executive order. Like, you know, we got to throw ourselves in the hand grenade and like stop that from happening. However, I mean, mm. he could just do that with the stroke of a pen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know. I mean, do we want to be dealing with him? No. Do we want him out of office? Yes. Is he in office right now? Yes. Does he have power to do enormous damage to people's lives? Yes. And to the economy? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the world? Yes. So you gotta, you gotta, I mean, if, if, you know, Schumer is temporarily his BFF and can say, you know, you know, those DACA kids are really hard working and like people are not liking the way you're talking about them because mm-hmm. they've got, they all have, you know, higher education. None of them has a single criminal charge on their mm-hmm. record they're all hard work and they're not even allowed to take uh government funds through welfare and a bunch of other right. they're literally exempted from government assistance so like what the fuck like you know chuck was able to tell him that in some way that actually stuck for mm-hmm. a long you know two days now long enough for him to say he's gonna let them stay so great i don't see like you know I think that we've talked about this before, but I think the Democrats and the left in general in this country has a problem with incessantly purity testing each Mm -hmm. other. And like, I get it. I get it. Like progressiveness is a set of principles that you're trying to strive for. It's like believing in something other than just if I give rich people tax cuts, they'll probably donate more to my next campaign. Like that's about all that Republicans believe in. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it's important to have principles and beliefs, but like also you have to be pragmatic, right? I mean, so, um, shifting to a a slightly different related topic, uh, Hillary Clinton's book is out. Yeah. She's starting to do this book. What happened? What the what? fuck happened? There is sort of a an implicit the fuck in yeah. that title. I like that. Um, 
Uh, she's very candid. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very unguarded now, which is actually nice to see. Um, and it's really interesting. Like the, the coverage is super skewed. I mean, you know, Bernie Sanders brought a book out to nobody said, shut up and sit down, Bernie. Like, you know, you lost your uh-huh. campaign. You should retire now. <laughs> right. Like, it's bizarre. The treatment that she still gets partly because she's a woman, partly because she's a Clinton, um, because of the, the war on Clintons from, from the nineties. Um, but what was I going to say? Uh, oh, she says that at one point early in the, in the campaign, they floated the idea of running on an experiment in universal basic income in like an Alaska model mm-hmm. where natural resources, um, leases on, mm-hmm. uh, on radio wave, radio spectrum, for example, um, would be some, would be taxed in some way. Um, and that would go into a pool. It would be actually apportioned to every American mm-hmm. um, for some sort of small amount of guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. Um, radical idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but she and her people worked it, the numbers and worked all the different ways you could possibly fund that. And she couldn't come up with a way that really the, the math worked out. Mm-hmm. And she said that um, from all her previous experience in the, you know, you can talk uh, about what you're, platform is in the primaries, but when it gets into the general, there's a certain point at which you're going to be called on like, well, how do you pay for this? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's going to get real. It's, it's why in the primaries, uh, there's more polarized policy mm-hmm. platforms. And then when it gets to the general, there's a converging into the center because it's like, okay, now get real. Like how do you right. fund this? And things start to come into a center. Thing. And she said, never happened this time. It just never happened. Like there was no point at which, mm-hmm. Trump was asked, like, how do you pay for this? And in fact, she wasn't asked for about that either. Like, she kept saying, I've got this whole website full of white pages right. with, like, spreadsheets and shit. And, like, no, everyone was like, yeah, but look, this, like, clown is lighting things on fire. <laughs> right. Why would we do that? And so she said, like, maybe we should have just t- taken a, a big swing. And I feel like that's, that's a, one of the elements in which the left sort of gets tangled up. And it's like... The principle is, well, it's irresponsible to just, you know, uh, promote policies that you can't pay for. Um, but on the other hand, it's like you got to run on like big audacious ideas. So you're differentiating. You can you can get across in the media era, the social media era in particular, what you're about. Right. I mean, like saying I'm I want like universal basic income for all Americans. That would be a really bold statement. And like it maybe it takes I don't know, like three presidential election cycles to actually get to something that works, but putting a stick in the ground and saying, this is something that we believe in and we're going to try to work out, I think is okay. And I think that it's something that the Republicans do way better, right? I mean, they've been saying repeal and replace for eight years with no fucking idea how they were going to do that. (laughs) I mean, they probably should have done their homework at some point over the last eight years, but they were really, really effective at mobilizing their base with just the message that mm-hmm. Obamacare is terrible. And like, we're so, um, like I said, purity testing is like, is, is that really true? Is that valid? Can we pay for that? How realistic is that? And I think it's one of the things that, that hog ties us. Well, you know, it's interesting that you use the word purity test there because I tend to think of purity test coming more from the far left side. Yeah. Um, you know, are you are you radical enough? Do you right. hold the right uh, set of beliefs? Um, this kind of practicality test, uh, I think that's a, a, a solid learning from uh, Clinton. You know, I mean, we're going to 
Monday morning quarterback the 2016 election until the kingdom come. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders had had that kind of uh, unrealistic. I mean, that was the knock against him. Oh, you, you know, your, your head's in the cloud. You, you, you won't have any way to pay for these ideas. Um, but we could see that that generated support and excitement. And if there's one thing that, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton lacked, it was any any real reason to get really excited about her unless you were so wonky that you were just like, oh, yeah, you know, right. like experience, we're into that. Uh, or you were, uh, you know, a never Trumper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and on that particular day, uh, I think you know, through a confluence of factors, of course, the Comey. Uh, letter yeah. about the emails being a, a major one. Uh, you know, a lot of people were just like, eh, you know, this doesn't, I, I'm, who cares? Or who cares? Or, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a wild flyer on, on Trump because I'm just not feeling it for, for Hillary. So I think that's, uh, you know, that's good learnings. You know, I would say Obama had that as well. Nobody cared what Obama's policies were going to be in 2008 no. it was cha- change 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 yeah. you, you know what i mean like yeah, exactly. it's, it's not rocket surgery <laughs> what's wrong with the rocket what condition does it have that it requires surgery type 2 diabetes that's not a surgical cure never mind <laughs> tell that to the rocket he's ready to he's, he's pursuing ready. any yeah. line of treatment yeah, sure. he wants to live yeah <laughs> speaking of rockets North Korea. North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when last time we got together, we kind of talked about how um, Trump's, uh, f- what was it, shock and awe? No. Fire, fire and, and brimstone. Fury, fire, fire and fury. Yeah. Fire and fury yeah, yeah, yeah. rhetoric had made Kim Jong-un walk back from the ledge. Hey, hey, you cr- crazy. No. He didn't want a piece of that. But. In fact, he wasn't retreating. No. Nope. He was regrouping because uh-huh. he came back and With he said, I've got an intercontinental ballistic missile yep. and I've got a hydrogen bomb at yeah. the end of it. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. your move now, Donald Mr. Trump. Trump. <laughs> yes. Okay, the gauntlet was thrown. Uh, now, um, of course, the uh, you know, the end result of this is the inevitable a total annihilation of the of the species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is pretty exciting to uh, to watch. Um, do you think we're headed for war oh, with gosh. North Korea? I really, really, really hope not. That's about all I can say. I mean, what I'm hoping, my hope is that this is one of the ways in which the uh, the generals being close to Trump is putting a leash on his behavior. Generals who McMaster they don't and like Kelly war. And, They're certainly not. It's in favor of Korea. war. <laughs> I recognize now it sounded a bit naive, but um, the situation in South Korea, North Korea, and South Korea is is dire. Like it's an unwinnable situation by by military act, right? Because there's enormous amount of conventional firepower, artillery, long range artillery in caves um, pointed at at Seoul. Seoul is just obliterated because they'll just 
pound it into dust. Um, and everything with it within range of the border will be just pounded into dust because they've been building enormous artillery batteries for decades. Um, and that includes uh, 25,000 U.S. troops. Um, so there's a loss of 25,000 American lives, uh, military lives right away. There's untold number of American civilians who live in, in South Korea or they're on business. You're saying any conventional military action results in the obliteration of yeah. Seoul. Yeah. You can't stop these, 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 this artillery fire because, it, like I said, it's all buried under mountains. They're in caves. They just fire from the mouth of the cave. Mm-hmm. It's like every single one of them needs a, bon- a bunker buster mm-hmm. to actually target it. Like, okay, come back in three months when you're done knocking all of them out. Right. Know, in the meantime, they're just pounding away. And they're big. They're not like little mortars or something. So because it guns. because it um, of that inevitable consequence, the of which the generals are certainly aware. Uh, think you think gonna, they advise him of another course of action? Well, is necessary. yeah, I think that they're um, probably lobbying pretty hard for exploring non-military means. Um, I think that. Uh, Such as the, the sanctions, which we've had against North Korea for decades. Uh, clearly, and doing what we've a been doing job. is not working. I mean, I understand that. In fact, you know, the, um, uh, the, there's the parts. So the, the, the delivery system, the missile, just got much more mature over the last six to nine months. Mm-hmm. And the parts of those things, I just read a great article about uh, there's a Soviet-era missile factory in the Ukraine that, after the Soviet Union collapse, sort of has that whole town has sort of gone in decline, and the parts from that factory mysteriously are um, now building these North Korean rockets. So there's a black market um, in you know missile parts and other components that are causing this proliferation, um, which you know. People were warning you know, smart people in the American government and uh, NGOs, um, non-proliferation organizations, have been warning about this for decades, um, and uh, and we haven't invested enough in in trying to monitor and, and manage these um, technologies, and we're now paying the price. So, you know, I don't know what the solution is, um, but uh, thinking that any kind of military strike is is a solution is completely bananas um and certainly i mean you know he's already demonstrated i think there was another test missile today that flew over japan so he's Mm -hmm. already demonstrated that the missile can at least reach japan or guam i guess um so you know uh, again like not to you know just there's the conventional artillery pounding south korea into dust and then a nuke in Japan. Like those are the two things we'd have to just say, well, we're okay with those two things happening mm-hmm. with any military strike against us. Right. Yes. And of course, uh, we don't want either one of those things. No. I mean, happen. frankly, I don't know the political situation in North Korea well enough, but like, I have to wonder if, if they're not looking at assassination. I mean, you know, it seems like he's the source of the crazy. Certainly his father and his grandfather were the, were the source of the crazy. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe taking him out would destabilize the country into a more dangerous state. Um, but, you know, he certainly, he had to purge a bunch of generals and, and other uh, high-ranking officials when he took over power because he was worried about being deposed. So, mm. 
it seems like a uh, a good avenue to take. Um, now, Trump has often said that he thinks China ought to deal with North Korea, mm-hmm. uh, that China has enough weight to throw around that could make it happen. I mean, I was running some doomsday scenarios the other day, and I'm thinking, well, who are the uh, enemies of the free world? Well, um, Russia, of course, Mr. Putin, who's, I think, just beat uh, Cal Ripken Jr., I think it was, for longest-serving, um, longest streak. Dictator? Was Cal Ripken a dictator? <laughs> That's right, yes. Uh, so, Putin, you know, he's been on the throne for 18 years. Yeah. And uh, Kasparov, who's great on Twitter, if you don't follow him, he was yeah, saying, hey, you know, the this is a pretty common pattern where... You know, you've been on the throne for so long, and things are still shitty. So what is the explanation for that? You can't really say, you know, it's the lack of power internally. So it's, you know, a a global problem. So he's out there, you know, he's he's been making a lot of moves, as we've talked about and and chronicled on on the show. Uh, Then you've got North Korea, who is like a... Uh, you know, snot-nosed kid who's out for drinks the first night at the bar and um, just, like, has no sense, maybe had, um, you know, was spoiled growing up and is rich and is just an obnoxious, shitty person. (laughs) But, like, is demanding that you listen to them. Then you've got China. Now, China, I wouldn't say, is... In either one of those camps. They are not in that group. But if they choose that they want to align with that group, then that is a pretty powerful block right there. Now, China could also choose to align with the rest of the world, basically. And then those two little guys are not going to be significant enough at all. So to that extent, I... um, I guess I understand where Donald Trump is coming from. Um, but it's not clear what exactly that China should be doing. Um, and it certainly doesn't seem like the, the lever that we could pull, which would be trade, uh, that we would, I mean, we'd be pretty crazy to mess up our, uh, gotta be our number one trading partner. So, um, that one is, uh, is it is Unusual. kind of an intractable problem. Yes. <laughs> I don't really know what we're supposed to do about that. But, um, you know, I mean, it's also important. So um, North Korea experts keep saying, like, the increased missile, like the increased pace of missile development is new news. The rhetoric is not more than it has been in the past. And the plan, the the... The path that he's on has not changed. I mean, he sees a credible uh, ICBM nuclear threat against the United States as the only way to protect his regime, basically, that he would be deposed at some point or or removed from power. I mean, you know, he looks around at at, uh, Saddam Hussein and uh, Gaddafi and others that we have, um, we've, you know, affected regime change um, because we didn't like the heads of state, basically. 
Um, so from that perspective, he's not wrong. It's, it's sort of a rational, irrational thing mm. to be pursuing. Um, but, and, and in the same sense then you know, sometimes I think, well, that's good news because that means he's concerned about his own survival <laughs> and, you know, uh, pushing the, the button is a pretty good goddamn way to end your life as, along with millions of other people. So, you know, I mean, mm. I don't, I think it is theater. I think it's, he's trying to saber rattle. He's that obnoxious mm-hmm. rich kid, <laughs> um, uh, at the party. He's trying to saber rattle in a way that's taken seriously, but to the end of being left alone. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the other outcome would be like, well, you go, okay, um, you can have a seat at the big kids table. Uh, you know, we'll put you on the security council and, um, uh, you know, Lady Gaga will come and do a show or something. But is that, you know, like, is that like uh, paying a ransom? You know, is that just like, you know. You can have Dennis Rodman. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That is it. Yeah, but, you know, you're not supposed to pay a ransom. Right. Because that creates Negotiate a market for kidnapping. Terrorists, yeah, yeah. And is that... Is that what you do if you go, okay, well, well... I mean, the problem is that, that a nuclear weapon takes uh, takes the player who owns it out of the um, the category of, uh, of, you know, miscreants who can just say, I don't negotiate with your type. <laughs> you know, like, they, I mean, it's like the ultimate trump card, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's uh, projecting... Uh, enormous power and destruction at an enormous distance with almost no defense. Like, you know, maybe we got a one in a hundred chance of shoot out of the air with the anti-missile system and anti-missile defenses, but I wouldn't want to count on that. <laughs> so like it's, it, it kind of, you kind of throw the rule book away in a way. I mean, that's, you know, we learned that from the U S and, uh, and the Soviets, um, you know, playing brinksmanship with each other and then reaching detente and the cold war and all that stuff. I mean, but it was only a two party standoff. Um, this is now turning into a Mexican standoff because there's so many, I don't even know what that phrase is from. It's probably racist, but I don't know. It just means everybody's pointing guns at each other is like mutually assured direction in multiple directions. And that's kind of unprecedented. So, I mean, I don't know that we've, worked the angles on what the proper foreign policy stance and what the proper um, geopolitical strategy mm-hmm. is in that scenario. Um, but I'm sure that Donald J. Trump is working on it and will come up with something really good. <laughs> Tirelessly. <laughs> well, uh, in between watching Fox and Friends. Yes. You know, um, uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, since the last time we got together was uh, kind of a, a concerted media uh, effort to do negative coverage about Antifa. And I was oh, wondering, yeah. is that, in fact, vindication for Trump's both sides uh, comment? Because this coverage was universally uh, like, you know... Th- Antifa is it are thugs and um, just as bad. Is it so that? Is that what Trump a was great, saying? Um, uh, I think it was just a sign at a protest or something. It was basically um, 
if the if you ignore Nazis, they take over and start exterminating people. If you ignore Antifa, they stay home and smoke weed and play video games. <laughs> there is no ideological thrust behind mm-hmm. the the far left in the United States. By the way, they used to be called Black Bloc. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around for a long time. It's a bunch of kids who like to bust things up and then you know. Whatever, punks, red, red. Yeah, they're I mean, they're punks with a uh, with a political leaning, but there's no organization. I mean, they're anarchists. They don't believe in leaders or ideologies or or agendas. So, um, it's punks just, are like the natural enemy of Nazis. That's true. Yeah. This. Yeah. Exactly. And um, they're kind of just you know sprinkled on society all mm-hmm. the time. And what the amplification of the the vilification of Antifa is actually about is it's a page directly out of Putin's playbook. The same thing happened in the Ukraine um, six to 12 months before uh, hostilities between Ukraine and, and Russia started. Um, they were, so there's a, basically the equivalent of RT in the mm-hmm. Ukraine, which is a Russian propaganda channel that started doing uh, all kinds of, of news stories and coverage about um, these uh, radicals roaming the street and um, beating the shit out of people and uh, raping people's mm-hmm. daughters and stuff. None of that was happening at all. Um, but when uh, when you know Russians started clashing with uh, Ukrainian forces on when little green men showed up, right? Um, they were Russian forces without badges or insignia, or whatever, sneaking across the border and, and clashing. Those. Uh, started fulfilling the narrative of the pre-prime narrative of fear and and social unrest and mm-hmm. you know you need a stronger leader and like it feeds right into the uh, sort of natural tendency for society um, to want uh, more military, more strong man kind of um, ruler and and uh, administration when when things are scary basically. Mm-hmm. So it's you know. Um, it also is directly out of Steve Bannon's playbook. Like he wants the same uh, division and sort of civil war. He uses the term civil war again uh, in his 60 Minutes interview. Like there's a whole theme running from uh, Russia to the European white nationalists to the American white nationalists um, to Trump's tiny pea-sized brain um, that is wanting to jack up the narrative of. Um, you know, tension between races, tension between left and right, um, and just a powder keg that's ready to explode because it's much more likely to explode under those circumstances. If everybody's terrified that it is already exploding, it is much more likely to happen. So that's what I think about it. What do you make of the this kind of media story that seemed like basically every outlet was doing uh, these Antifa thugs packages at the same time. Um, now the um, thrust of the coverage didn't seem to be we have lunatics in the street inciting anarchy and we need a strong man. I don't think it was quite going that far no, yet. No. Yeah, um, it's setting the table. But it, I mean, it definitely seemed to be in line with that both both sides right exactly right? that's what i mean yeah. and and why where did that come from and why was everybody 
on on message about that at the same time. Now, well, I'm not an Antifa coverage truther, okay? <laughs> but that does seem kind of like, in a way, not too far off from Nancy and uh, uh, Chuck sitting down and, and working with Trump. It's almost like it was like the media mean? saying... Okay, well, you know. Oh, you mean propaganda? Sure, yeah. Message. We're, we're, so it we're wasn't, on board. The thing is, it's not. I think they're they're Trump saying on both sides, and uh, the media doing you know uh, sort of en masse doing antifa um, stories stem from the same um, root, which is the propagation of the story of uh, you know they were violent too, or they attacked us first, which they the the white supremacists, white nationalists have been trying to propagate since uh, Berkeley 1.0, right? I mean, so there's been three protests at, at Berkeley. I think there was three. The first was sort of uneventful. The second was, I think, Milo. And the third was a free speech rally. Mm-hmm. Um, and in all three of them, it was the strategic goal of the, um, the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis to create the narrative that the uh, that the the left was the instigator and there's you know pictures of um, uh, you know sort of whatever people with shields and stuff mm-hmm. and clashes and things and lots and lots and lots of tweets and social media and stuff and uh, you know I think that's been picked up by the Russian botnets on on Twitter multiple times so those things have been amplified um, I think RT has written or has done stories about it so you know at a certain point any media outlet is going to have somebody on in the area of that coverage and go like everybody's doing a story on antifa and we haven't done one for our readers viewers whatever we're going to have to go do mm. that and it, it happens to like the the noise level from the general background um social media mm-hmm. primarily gets to a certain level and the trigger is pretty much the same for mm. journalists like you know, I keep hearing about this and I haven't done a story on it. I should do a story on right, it. Right, right. That's what I think. I, I get you. I get you. You're basically saying the same reason why uh, Refinery29 is running Game of Thrones fan theory articles, right? right. Because in the modern media age, everybody it's covers the exact same stories. Yeah. And if one gets in there, then everybody's going to yeah. uh, dogpile on. Um, okay, that's interesting. Speaking of media, one of the uh, things that came out in the last couple weeks was the uh, news that uh, uh, Russian agents had purchased $100,000 worth of Facebook advertising to run targeted ad campaigns. We've kind of talked about this uh, targeted ad campaign um, aspect before. Cambridge Analytica and uh, a what you and I speculated was a, a Jared Kushner uh, connection there, given his social media mm-hmm. expertise as With a content from Bannon and his Breitbart yeah, machine, right? Um, <clears throat> interestingly, Facebook just announced yesterday that they they will not tell you if you were right selected, right. <laughs> Why do you what, what's going on there, uh, and uh, especially in the uh, the view of, of Mark Zuckerberg's inevitable presidential campaign? <laughs> I think it's it's more just a trade secrets thing at this point for them. Like they're they're thinking that if they um, 
let you know that you've been profiled for for targeted you know Russian propaganda, then that's a slippery slope to uh, you know them having to um, let you know what all of your variables are that are mm. being selected by various marketers in profile you know settings. So I think it's just protecting trade secrets. They're not seeing the, the political angle of this. Um, Do you think maybe they could come out with a feature where users could opt into being targeted by Russian propaganda? Yeah. <laughs> Those would be the people Because that, then you would know. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, opt-in is probably the right model. <laughs> well, you know, another interesting thing was um, uh, speculation that the Trump administration is trying to send a message to Mueller that if he proceeds with his investigation, that they will fire him. No, worse. Undermine the nation's confidence in law and order. Really? That this is the this is the threat wow. that they can really drive home to him. That if he pursues this. They will undermine the nation's confidence in the concept of law and order. I mean, they've already done that to a certain degree. I think that the only way to reestablish, to undo the damage they've already done to the concept of law and order in this country is for Mueller to do his job. So that seems like a really bad bluff to me. That's the irony of it. Yeah. In that same report, uh, it was reported that uh, Mr. Jared Kushner was... Uh, considering resigning from the administration in the wake of the uh, Russian lawyer meeting um, revelation uh, that a uh, kind of a letter of resignation, a story was being worked on. Um, and uh, as I recall, Trump himself just said, no, you know, no we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I believe that story also said that that timing of that was in early June and the story didn't actually break until like three or four weeks later, at which point they said, well, the president only learned about this a couple of days ago. Mm, classic. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, anyway. I mean, we can, we'll do this in the next episode, but I think it is time to, to, uh, to do a, a Mueller and special investigation roundup um, because... Uh, it's very interesting reading sort of the tea leaves of, of um, you know, who he's hired, the grand juries he's convened, um, those types of things, the few leaks that have come out of that investigation. So, Reading the tea leaves is always fun, but you know what's better? Reading the tea bags. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Pickle Club again, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy that you went with T-Bags. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh.